There was an idea. Dormammu, I come to bargain. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. Asking Robbins always finds out. Hire for the faster way. Are you Tony Stank? I am Iron Man. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective, the show where we reassemble the MCU piece by piece, movie by movie, episode by episode. I am your host, Eduardo, and I'm being joined once again by my uh, compatriot, partner in crime, uh, closest person in the world, Peaches. (laughs) (laughs) When he says we're being joined, he means like human centipede. That's right. We are being conjoined. <laughs> We're like brothers, <laughs> but closer. Are you going to be in the back, or am I going to be in the back? We can take turns. Well, I, literally, we cannot if we're <laughs> <laughs> if we're human centipede. Huh. You could do like a butt to butt. Oh, butt okay. to butt peed. Yeah. How do we connect? Um, TBD. <laughs> uh, Why did you say butt to butt peed? Does Santa mean? Conjoined ass to mouth. Well, there's only two of us, so it wouldn't even really be a centipede. Between us, there's only eight legs. We'd be an octopede. Human centipede should really be called like human, whatever 12 a pede is. And Bailey's also here. <laughs> oh, hey. I'm saying things about human centipede because it's spooky season, I guess. That's all. Everyone's ever- favorite. <laughs> Halloween watch. <laughs> if they ever did like a human centipede house at Horror Nights. I don't think they would. No. I feel like that's too far. Could I don't you, think they could, could pay you the, these characters enough. Oh, no. No, no, no. That's too traumatic. There's got there's like a certain level of horror where they're like, all right, that's too but far. But it's not even yeah. horror. It's just gross. I mean, in a, it's a subgenre of horror. Yeah. That The movie in, in general, but... I mean, like, can you imagine what's like the grossest movie that you've watched? Is it The Human Centipede? I think it might be. I've never seen The Human Centipede. I haven't either. I've never like sat down and watched it, but obviously, like me and like friends like scrolled obviously. through to when see I, all the. When I when I went to college, like in person, like my very first round of college, I went to Western Michigan, and in my first week there, made a couple friends in orientation. We all got together and we watched Teeth. Oh yeah, uh, me and yeah, Marta like one. scrolled through. We didn't. I didn't think good that is one not was, the right word. <laughs> I didn't think that was as gross as human. That's centipede. a one. <laughs> so yeah, I watched Teeth with most with people who were mostly strangers to the me. The movie that like scarred me and was like grossest and most traumatic, besides Hereditary, obviously. Yeah. Uh, there was some shitty movie that Lindsay Lohan was in in like 2010 or 2011 called I Know Who Killed Me. And I think she was like a stripper and was like murdered and tortured. And then like she like came back as a ghost and was trying to figure out who killed her or something. But there was a scene where the guy like put dry ice on her and like froze her. And then like. Ooh. Oh, don't. Don't describe. (laughs) Ripped her fingers off. Okay. She went for it. And it has haunted me for over a decade. But I don't think of human centipede until it's brought up like right now. What is your grossest movie? I don't know. Damn. The Land Before Time. Today we're going to be discussing <laughs> She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, Episode 4. 
Is This Not Real Magic, which is written by Jessica Gao and directed by Kat Coro. And, surprise, it's a twofer. Episode 5, Mean, Green, and Straight Poured Into These Jeans, written by Jessica Gao and directed by Anu Valia. Episode 4, Is This Real Magic? Once again, this is... Uh, this is uh, written over by Rachel Page at Marvel.com. If Thanks, that Rachel. is your real name. Rachel. Rachel. Yeah. Behold, it's Donnie Blaze. He can levitate, shoot fire, and for his next trick, he needs a volunteer. I love that his name is Donnie Blaze. I think that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. I love that he screams his name after every trick. I want to do that. Why is it so funny, Eduardo? Because well, he's, uh, that's the name of Ghost Rider. Johnny Blaze. Johnny Blaze is Ghost Rider. Yeah. Yeah, for the fans. And in a way, he's kind of... I wouldn't say he's... Our fans are smart enough to know that. I wouldn't say he's dressed like him fully, but he does have some elements of a Ghost Rider. Like, he's got, like, leather, black leather on. Also, he's weirdly, like, every time he's performing, not wearing shoes or socks. Did Ghost Rider not wear shoes or socks? Are you just calling that out? No, I just think it's weird. Oh, okay. No, he wears... I think Ghost Rider wears, like, steel toe boots. Don't snap on snack, you know. Madison, and yes, that's with two N's and one Y, but it's not where you think, happily shoots her hand into the air, the hand that isn't holding her drink, and joins Donnie up on stage. But when the trick doesn't go over well with the audi- with the fading audience, Donnie Blaze resorts to plan B. Sorcery. Pulling a sling ring out of his pocket, Donnie opens up a portal. Madison's take on this? Ew. Meanwhile, over at Comertage, Wong is settling in to watch The Sopranos. He's on season 5, episode 12, in case you're wondering. With snacks by his side, he settles in when Madison appears out of nowhere. What happened to all the goblins? Are you the Goblin King, she asks the Sorcerer Supreme. After asking Madison what happened, she explains that Donnie Blaze sent her to a different dimension, aka dimension, and a talking goat helped her escape a lava pit in exchange for six drops of her blood. And now, she's here. And that's when Madison realizes that episode of The Sopranos Wong is on, and this is the and this one is so sad. This is the one where blank happens. Oh, you don't want to reveal it? Yeah, I'm not going to reveal it. Oh, okay. Why? But they already watched it. Is this for the fans that only listen to the podcast? Yes, we know you're out there. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, someone that I know actually had The Sopranos spoiled. I mean, I know it came out like 15 or 20 years ago, so it's kind of... Oh, we we all know this person, I think. Do we? That... I, I, I coordinated her yes. when she was the CP. Oh. So... so you, never mind you for sure wouldn't know oh her. okay never or mind maybe you do i mean, I mean technically i had the soprano spoiled for me because i've never seen it yes yeah, i know how it, the show ends because everyone yeah. talked about it but anyways i thought they were just all singing <laughs> it was just a show full of sopranos <laughs> no altos to be found that's as far as this joke goes for me i don't know much about singing <laughs> what are you saying i don't even oh <laughs> <laughs> the person that peaches may or may not know <laughs> god damn it bailey okay well i didn't give you permission to say my name god damn it Brayley. you didn't tell no me i'll ever figure out your name now you didn't tell me what uh persona whatever you wanted me don't, to use i don't want to be perceived don't refer to me okay <laughs> anyway someone i know was watching the sopranos like for the first time and this show spoiled it for her and she did not expect to have that plot point of someone getting murdered spoiled 
And I've been meaning to start watching and now I feel like I might as well not even watch because I know how the show ends and I know someone dies. Damn. Multiple people die. Yeah, I think a lot of people die. I think Imagine that's part if of the show. knowing someone died prevented you from watching like Game of Thrones. But not just... Uh, if I knew that Ned Stark died in season one, spoiler for Game <laughs> of Thrones. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That would be a huge spoiler for watching the first season. Like, <laughs> if I knew this gigantic spoiler, it would be a gigantic spoiler. Damn, you're just firing them off. Or if man. someone told me about the Red Wedding before I got to it, like, that would be a major spoiler. Mm. Major spoiler. <laughs> Donnie Blaze is going to pay for this, Wong says, through gritted teeth. Oh, you look happy. I guess he saw that Wong is back, Jen greets us, the viewers. Everybody loves Wong. It's like giving the show Twitter armor for a week. <laughs> that might be my favorite of all of the fourth wall breaks that she's had. I uh, am really coming to enjoy her fourth wall breaks. Did you not oh, enjoy yeah. it at first? I feel like I just didn't connect with the comedy in general at first, but I think that's a I don't connect with comedic shows at first. Yeah. I said this on the first episode. Yeah, that's fair. And they, uh, she keep, it seems like they keep having her do it more and more. Like right. even even subtly, like in this episode and I think the next one, there are times when she just like mockumentary office style, just like looks into the camera. Like what, one what? thing I don't like is, and we haven't um, gotten through the two episodes yet, but I think it makes sense to talk about it now, right before we get to Jen and her dad, is that we had the whole wrecking crew thing happen at the end of last episode, mm-hmm. and then they like hint at like a boss. I have a stork for this. And then we don't talk about it for two episodes. Yeah, I have a stork for this. That's my stork, baby. But I want to. I don't want to talk about it right now. Uh, okay. Sorry. Jen's dad, Morris, <laughs> breezes into her apartment with a bag full of new things to help her uh, make her apartment more secure. He doesn't like that his daughter was recently jumped in a parking lot, but Jen talks him down out of this, considering that she's a Hulk and can defend herself. Thanks anyway, Dad. At work, Jen scrolls through her to-do list, landing on complete dating profile. Taking one last look at it, she declares it perfect, but her matches will be the judge. Nikki interrupts this and breezes into the office, complaining that Jen needs new clothes to fit her green body. But that's interrupted when Wong portals in. Hey. Wong is here to talk about <laughs> Donnie Blaze, the magician. And he's using quotes because Donnie Blaze is not... A real magician. He was actually an apprentice at one point, but he was kicked out after a week after he summoned three kegs and his fraternity brother to Comertage. <laughs> Ever since then, he's been using sacred teachings in his show to perform magic, and Wong has had enough. I have a serious question about magic in the MCU, and I, I want to get your take on this, because obviously this is like the central point of this episode. It's used for humor. I think it's done really well. I don't have a problem with it. But just like thinking about magic in the MCU, do you guys think it's weird or maybe obsolete in a world with literal sorcerers defending the planet from other interdimensional beings that like stage magic is still a thing? I couldn't even like obviously the people in Donnie Blaze's shows weren't really having a great time until he started doing what is now considered real magic. But, like, would there even be 10 people there to see a guy pull uh, roses out of a cloth and turn them red? I, like, I don't know if... When you have a world where, like, Doctor Strange can open a portal to another place in the world and 
have a magical whip and do all the buzzsaw shit, all the cool stuff he did in Mom, right? Is stage magic even, does it matter anymore? Well, let me let me explain it to you this way. Even in that world, just like our world, stage magic isn't real. <laughs> yeah, I know. And so I think the people that go to sit down at these stage magic shows do not sit down wanting to see real magic, but to see these things that like, it's not about, oh my God, he performed a real magic trick. It's like- He actually pulled a rabbit out of a hat. <laughs> it's like, how did he do that? Like, I can't think of how he constructed this. Like, how did he fool me? Well, you say that, but they were only wowed when he started doing the magic magic. I think because he was just a shitty magician. Yeah, he was uh, awful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think, I feel like magic and even in our world is on on the decline, maybe. All right, well, you need to shut up. Yeah, that, I don't agree with that. Really? I yeah. think magic is fun as hell. I used to watch all of those. I don't yeah, remember what channel to, they were on. Used to. Well, because they don't play them anymore. Exactly. There used to be like That's once a year, they the, used to have those like I'm saying magic get-togethers and like everybody would do tricks I'm one after another. I'm saying us as a society, uh, magic is on the decline. Like, I what's, don't know what you're talking about. There's that TikTok guy who's like, did you just see a magic trick? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, do you want your watch back? And they're like, what? And he's stolen all their watches. It's pretty like, funny. What is Chris Angel up to? Chris Angel sucks. Just because Chris Angel isn't like around anymore doesn't mean magic is no, dead. But He's probably pretending to levitate somewhere. What in, are you what are you going to say next? Santa Claus isn't real? In the 2000s, <laughs> I think magic peaked and it has been declining since. You think it peaked uh, in the 2000s? Mm, you just haven't been on the right side of TikTok. There is some good stuff. I think magic still. peaked in the 2000s. Houdini who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you not seen like Shin Lim? I have never seen a single magician on TikTok. I think. Oh man, you got to watch a Shin Lim uh, performance. That yeah. guy's really the one good. With the smoke. Yeah, all of his performances. They're have smoke. All, they're all super cool. Yeah. yeah. You don't want the smoke. I, I guess not. <laughs> um. N- yeah, I will just say that I think you go to see a magic show. I mean, I don't know. I've never been to one, but like to be entertained and uh, when the Avengers and other superheroes are using their magic. It's usually in like really so clearly, dire circumstances. Yeah. And also Dr. Strange is not very like fun and personable. I can't imagine him like doing magic for the kids or something. I mean, I guess that's true. You're like fuck them kids. I would love if he did <laughs> <laughs> like a magic show for the kids. I almost feel like it's if we're in the MCU and the magician isn't doing real magic, but in a fun way, then I don't know. I don't know if I want it, but it could be like corny, fun magic, like yeah. com- like for comedy. Can- You've seen um, Piff the Magic Dragon? Yeah, if that was going on in the MCU, I'd still go Ugh. see him. Can Doctor Strange saw a woman in half? <laughs> he probably would actually do it. Yeah, he was a doctor. And then stitch him back together with his <laughs> broken hands. Oh, Danny, where are you? <laughs> Anyway, I learned a lot about both of you in that because your team magic is cool and you're not cool. I mean, I did go through a magic phase. Like, I think we all did, right? No. I'm still in it then. It's not a phase, mom. No. No, Did you go through a magic phase and you tried to be a magician? I don't want to answer that. Bailey did. Oh, that's what you mean. Yeah, I was in like fifth grade. Wait, who are you talking about? Bailey. Who is that? (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, Um... Uh, <laughs> Braylykins. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's. Uh, we're gonna call her from now. She's Bebe. Bebe. Bebe is ballin'. Bebe. 
<laughs> Did you actually go through a magician phase too? I had pre- probably two Christmases in a row where I asked for like those starter magician kits. Yeah, that's what I used my Toys R Us gift card money on yeah, one year. Yeah. What tricks could you do? None of them. I sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I could like... I could make like a a ball disappear with some cups, and I think that, that was like about the it. foam ball one. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> like you like the, palm it. The very fr- no, it, there were like cups, and you like made it disappear. And it yeah, was the like, cups oh. and balls trick. Yeah, and you palm it. You like scrunch it up while you're okay, lifting up. Psh. Everyone knows. You Come don't. on, <laughs> Penn and Teller do a really good reveal of the cups and balls trick, where they teach you using see-through cups. You, they show you how the trick is done, and then they still fool you because they put some shit in at the end that they didn't have in the beginning of the trick. There's like an orange in the in one of the cups at the end. Aren't you glad you know how to do this trick now? <laughs> I thought you were going to do a transition. Transition. For Jen, this should be pretty easy. Did Donnie sign an NDA or a non-compete? Was there a contract when he began training? Did Wong get any of this in writing? Wong explains that new apprentices simply pledge their loyalty. So, okay, maybe this is easier said than done. Over it, legalese. Jen and Nikki sit at the bar going through the last of her case files, but Nikki is desperate to focus on Jen's dating profile instead. Eventually, Nikki demands to see Jen's matcher profile, and she's shocked. First off, Jen is using her corporate headshot as her profile. That is a hard no. She begins swiping because it's all a numbers game. Seeing how grim Jen's dating life actually is, she poses a new question. What if Jen makes a profile for She-Hulk? I just wanted to call out that guy that was like, I see you two here all alone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there are two of us. Yeah, but that like... So by definition... That's like a not uncommon thing to happen to women who are unaccompanied by men at bars to be like oh here you are all alone no maybe he means all of you are alone (laughs) (laughs) collectively yeah (laughs) you're alone together (laughs) you all count as one you know what's wild is that that guy was slimy and i think so far of all of the slimy dudes on the show he's the least one because at least at the end he was like well when you change your mind i'm over here you know yeah the least bad of all the bad a very low bar though i know it's a legal bar so damn fucking at least it might be a low bar but they all passed the bar got you got bay bay <laughs> she got roasted God, so, sounds like someone's not balling today uh, yeah you can perceive me if you want are you sure yes i don't know Am I going to get Z-worded again if I perceive you? <laughs> Classic baby over here. <laughs> Save that one for later. Jed and Wong head to the Mystic Castle to tell Donnie Blaze to stop doing what he's doing. However, Cornelius Willows, the curiosity curator, it's a thing, puts up a fight. Though Jed presents them with a cease and desist, they argue you can't copyright art. You can. And Donnie should stop doing this fake magic act. He won't. In court, uh, uh, Bailey... In this household, <laughs> it is almost famous uh, how riled up you get about the differences between a copyright and a trademark and a patent. Uh, would you like to explain the differences to our audience right now? Sure. So a patent is something that lasts for 20 years and it is on like like inventions or creations of like 
I was gonna say like a like a bike. I think that had a patent like a hundred something years ago, um, and you have like exclusive use of like that invention, um, and no one else can use it. But then after twenty years, it's a free for all, a copyright. I will just say, side note, it's very ironic, or maybe not ironic, maybe intentional that like two episodes talk about like trademark and copyright when Disney is like pretty infamous for like how passionate they are about copyright and (laughs) trademark and like Disney is literally the reason that copyright law is the way it is today uh Mickey Mouse we have to thank for that oh boy (laughs) uh but a copyright I think it's like life plus 70 years but it's like like works of art and then a trademark is just like like the brand uh so the brand yeah the brand the brand <laughs> what's this bit you're doing it's a riff on a line from scott pilgrim where the band leader says the band the uh, band the band wow yeah and you can own a trademark <laughs> for forever but it's like the least <clears throat> least protective so like disney will still have trademark rights in mickey mouse even if they don't have copyright rights in it so like Dis- uh, Mickey Mouse became public domain recently, right? No. Was that Pooh? Uh, uh, it's Winnie the Pooh. Winnie yes. the Pooh yeah. became public domain. Yeah, so the original work of whoever wrote Winnie the Pooh, I don't actually know. Like that is in the public domain, but like Disney's Winnie the Pooh with the red shirt that like looks like Winnie the Pooh. Oh, uh, like the likeness that they have created. Yeah. Um, and also like usually when people hear Winnie the Pooh, they think of... Disney's Winnie the Pooh, so I don't know like how. That's like, why they can have that horror spinoff that's coming up with him looking like an absolute monster. Sure, because they're not using Disney's likeness of him. Yeah, he's not wearing a red shirt. <laughs> Damn, got him. Damn, he's got pants on. Yeah, but yeah, I, what? No, I was gonna say I liked that. Um, when we were planning on doing these two episodes on separate podcast recordings, you weren't gonna be able to be on it, uh, Bailey. And you told me to tell the fans that the plot of the episode after this was going to be that uh, as long as you can prove that you were using the trademark thing before the trademark was trademarked, you'd be fine. And so it was funny that this episode led to that. But it's also how funny to me, based on, you know, what Eduardo said, how riled up you get about the differences between these things, that these two episodes were all about people getting trademark wrong. (laughs) Like everyone that is in Jen's life, it was just like, you're screwed because of this. And she was like screaming into the void. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's Bailey. Yeah. There's a lot of like misconceptions about IP. And also like, that's what riles me up is like. What? (laughs) (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) Um, A lot of like news articles from like actual like reputable news sources will be like, Disney's Mickey Mouse patent or something like that. Like just really stupid and wrong and like minimal research to figure out like what a trademark, like a trademark is literally just like the brand. It's like meant to help you identify like the source of something. Do you think the problem is that people just think these things are synonymous? Yeah. They just think it's just a different word for the same. Let me mansplain what synonymous (laughs) means. (laughs) That's I, that's got to be it though, right? Is that they think a copyright is a trademark, is a patent, is a whatever. Well, and it gets one confusing is. because you can have like 
the copyright and then you can have a trademark and then you can have like multiple copyrights for the same thing like i believe for like i didn't actually take copyright law but i believe for like like songs for example there's like the copyright and like the actual like the lyrics and the composition and then there's the copyright and the recording of the song and those are two different things Mm. when someone on their like instagram puts that their stuff is like copyrighted and can't be used is that legally binding Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, like, if you take your own picture, like, that's yours, like... But you don't have to, like, actually... Like, file? file something? Only if you want to sue someone. Um, but that's also an Instagram's, like, terms of service, too. Is that you're basically getting a free copyright with anything you post? <laughs> yeah, go to Instagram <laughs> if you want free copyright. Let's go. Free the copyright. No, you just, like... The- and the nipple. Oh, you can't free the nipple on Instagram. Oh, Definitely that's true. don't do that. I'll do that on OnlyFans. <laughs> Twitter. Or Twitter. Yeah, no. you can do it on Twitter. Fuck Twitter. But yeah, there was a <laughs> there was a um Instagram account, like a food Instagram account. I had tagged their like uh restaurant. Oh, I remember this. And they like posted my picture and didn't ask me and I was like, Hey, I like first of all, I own the rights to these this photo. Second of all, this is against Instagram's terms of service. Third, it's just like not cool. Like, in, in addition to, like, the legal aspects of it, it's also just, like, typically, like, a social norm. Like, there's certain, like, social norms with, like... They ended up giving you photo credit, though, right? Uh, they, they worked just, it out? They just deleted it oh, and then blocked okay. me. <laughs> oh. And then me and Eduardo never ate there again, which is very unfortunate because what was the, the food place? was delicious. It was a taco place, right? I'm not going to shout it out. Um, It's oh. in New Hampshire, but they had tacos that were, like cheesy shells in between oh uh, that's right yeah yeah that's right, yeah that's right, that's, right, that's right damn bailey this is incredibly tangential but it's my favorite law story of like the stuff that you learned oh. can you talk about the monkey oh the monkey selfie she's got the monkey yes well it was never actually resolved but that was like a like a big live issue where like there was a i don't know what they're called the people that go out into nature and like take animal photos and stuff photographers like a, no like but a like a sp- yeah a specific like kind of like photographer and researcher oh. but they um a monkey got into their stuff and took a selfie and so it was like a dispute like who owns the rights to that selfie the monkey or the person that owns the phone well uh yeah or yeah the uh actual photographer because again like i think they like license the photo and so does that photographer that didn't take the picture, do they deserve all the money from that photo? Maybe uh, not. But they ended up settling. Are so. they going to give the, the money to the monkey? <laughs> <laughs> What's he going to do with it? So you're just going to take the monkey's work? <laughs> you just see like, yes. You see like truckfuls of bananas headed <laughs> to where the monkey <laughs> They'd have to convert the monkey, the money to bananas. It's just all bananas. Just deliver him all of his money. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, because of that story that happened to you, I every time that I... Um, oh, PETA were the people that were trying to give the monkey their rights. Oh, classic. Um, I don't know if I'm maybe uh, too paranoid about this, but because of your story, every time I've gotten a tattoo, I like make sure with the artist that I'm cool to post pictures of my own tattoo online. 
which is weird because it's on my body now. That is but actually every time I'm like, hey, are you cool with me tagging you in this and posting it? And every time they're like, yeah, why wouldn't it be? And I'm just I'm just making sure I don't want to. If you don't, if you don't love the work, if like you didn't that like happen recently where someone when, not with tattoos. Well, yeah, there's like obviously copyright issues that come up with tattoos, but like a big uh, interesting issue in my opinion right now is um, over like paparazzi photos. So like sometimes celebrities will post a photo taken of them, but they don't own that copyright. But it's them in the photo and like paparazzi people have like sued and gotten them taken down on instagram but it's like weird because it's literally like pictures of themselves that were taken without their consent in the first place yeah that is strange yeah i mean but if you think about it a little bit and i know it's people we're comparing people and food right here you took a picture of food that that restaurant made Right. Uh, yeah, but she purchased it. That's like me. Oh, okay. That's like yeah, me that's buying a vacuum and then Dyson being like, "You need to take a, this picture down of the vacuum." Yeah. That we okay. Made. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. There's a lot of quirky things in copyright law. Mm. Well, speaking of quirky, in court, Jen presents <laughs> her case, and when, the, like <laughs> and when this court scene, when the judge asks if there are any witnesses who can testify against Johnny Blaze's negligence of the mystical arts, Wong hesitates, but. He's got to do it. So once again, enter Madison, and she is so excited to see Wongers. <laughs> Something about Wongers is like the funniest joke. It's She's the way she this. says it, too. Wongers. And then she like, nyak, 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 over to him. Like she makes that <laughs> noise with her mouth. Like, nyak, 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 nyak. <laughs> Taking a seat on the stand, Madison explains that first Donnie Blaze gave her roses and then pushed her into a fireland. The only reason she escaped is because she made a pact with a demon, which she cannot discuss, named Jake. And then Jake dropped her off at Wonger's house, and that's how they became besties. Imagine you're a, a literal demon and you're named Jake. What are the demons named in, uh, what should we call it? The good place. Okay, fair. But is that their real, are those no, their real names? No, because I remember he like, uh, what's his name? Yeah, he said it's too hard to pronounce and like their brains would explode right. by trying or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. As for Madison's emotional state during this, first it was fun, then it was scary, then fun again, then spooky, but in a fun way. According to Donnie's lawyer, that's the sweet spot for a good magic show. (laughs) Though Jen pushes for an injunction to stop Donnie from performing while the judge reviews his case, she denies this. He can still do his little magic shows. Whatever, this is boring, and Madison asks Wongers if they can get Froyo. They can talk about The Sopranos some more. Redact the spoiler. <laughs> Let's circle back to Jen's love life. It's uh, it's not going great. In fact, it's going badly. She goes out on one date with one guy, and it's a train wreck from start to finish. And she picks up the bill. When Friday night rolls around, Nikki laments her for always being in her pajamas so early in the evening, and Jen finally gives in. She makes a matcher profile as She-Hulk. I'm not proud of this, she tells us. In like five seconds, suddenly her phone is blowing up with new matches. I got to this is where I got to bust like bust in here with all of my uh dating profile shenanigans because I I obviously don't have the same experience that women have with dating apps, so I can't speak to how accurate like the stuff that Jen specifically is going through is, but like they really nail how awful dating apps are on this show. 
There's this, I don't know, remember if it's right before this scene or if it's in the last scene about dating apps um, that's brought up, but there is a point where she gets a notification from Matcher that says, you don't have any matches. That is not a joke. There are a few dating apps that do that. And I think the point is for them, because they're not always just saying like, hi, nobody likes you. Usually they're saying like, you don't have any notifications, but now's a good time to buy this premium feature or, but don't keep your chin up. Someone's out there for you, but that is a real thing. I have been notified in the past by some of those dating apps saying you don't have any matches. What the hell is up with that? But like the way that they depict uh, the dating app is, is like spot on in the show to the point where it feels a little too personal. Like when she looks into the camera and she talks about how awful dating in your 30s is, I was like, oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) It's also this like really, really broad metaphor for like changing yourself for like an app like that and how, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not going to end up being with the real you and all that. Presenting as someone totally different on the app and then, you know, you meet them and uh, I, I wouldn't say Jen is like catfishing because she is both Jen and She-Hulk. Yeah. But there is a lot of that that people have to be concerned about on apps too. Like sometimes catfishing is really extreme. Other times people are using photos and stuff from like five, six years ago instead of recent. So maybe they don't look exactly like... That's not as big of a deal as like if you're a 40-year-old dude and your profile is a 25-year-old lady. Like (laughs) that's totally different and kind of messed up, but... Anyway, the point is that this episode really, like, they they did their research on dating apps. There's a lot of lonely people at Marvel who, who knew <laughs> exactly what to write into this. Time for some dates. In the words of Jen, is there anything worse than dating in your 30s? Uh, I've already read all this. Meanwhile, across town, nope, I haven't read all this. For starters, there is one guy who's weirdly obsessed with how much he can lift. I'm at the right place. There you go. It's a literal ton. Thanks for asking. And another guy, Todd, is truly fascinated by her, but not in a good way. He calls her uh, Jen a specimen, and she's over it. Then there's the one guy, Arthur, a hot doctor who just wants Jen, or She-Hulk, to talk about herself, and she suggests splitting some fries and taking them to go. Actually, he suggests it. She suggests taking them to go. Meanwhile, across town, Donnie Blaze is up to it again. He opens a portal, and his willing participant is not so willing to go through it, claiming that he stranded one of her friends in a parking garage the week before. Okay, so let's try something different. And that's when things go off the rails. Instead of making a cute little bird appear, Donnie makes a literal demon hatch. After opening up another portal, suddenly the theater is swarming with these little demons and not in a fun, spooky way. Realizing (laughs) he needs help, Donnie turns to Wong. Wong, meanwhile, is in the middle of watching This Is Us, and Jax just died, and clearly Rebecca is going through it. Spoilers for This Is Us. Uh, Well, there wasn't a spoiler in the show, but Rachel just wrote one in. Well... You know he's dead. It's like the whole show. It's like the point of the show that the, the dad died. You oh. just don't know how he died or when he died. It's a really. But if you haven't watched any of the show, then you don't no, know what the like, point of the show that's is. That's like the premise. Of you the you find out in the literally the first episode because it's like a show that bounces between two timelines. And when they're in the first timeline where they're all there, they're young. The dad's there, and then in the second timeline, they talk a lot about how their I, dad died. I when hear they were what young. you're saying, but if I haven't watched 
a single episode of that or looked up what it's I'm about. I'm sorry we spoiled the pilot for you. I'm not upset about it. I'm saying it's funny that she wrote the spoiler into the synopsis. She wrote the other spoiler in there too. But, but that was in the show. I don't think so it's was a this. spoiler. I think it's just describing what the show is. It would be like <laughs> saying like how I met your mother like it's about him finding his wife and that's a spoiler i disagree because the title of how i met your mother is how i met your mother the title of this is us isn't my dad died and this is what we're going through i think everyone that's ever heard of the show knows i didn't until this moment i'm not even mad about it i'm probably never going to watch it because it sounds really sad it is but it's not a spoiler Call my lawyer, Wong snarls at Donnie as he jumps through the portal himself to start slaying the demons. Meanwhile, Chen and Arthur are getting cozy at home, and her phone will not stop vibrating. Wong, refusing to wait, portals in demanding that Chen help him out right now. So, off Chen goes to try to fight the demons, unsure of how she's even supposed to be stopping them. Be a Hulk, Wong yells. After some fancying maneuvering on both their parts, the two of them are able to capture all the demons and send them through a portal to their own dimension. Brandishing one last demon, Jen asks Don if he's willing to agree to the cease and desist, and seeing that demon, yeah, he agrees. I really enjoy this show when Jen is not she-hulking. Like, not being she-hulk, but when she's not superheroing, I guess I should say. Yeah, yeah. I think the show is at its strongest when it's just... It is in the world of superheroes, and it's fun to deal with like their ramifications and like her dealing with like having powers. But I really enjoy that this show doesn't need to be this sort of like like I don't necessarily need a big battle at the end. I would love like a yeah. big legal battle at the end, like a big like case that she has to win. Yeah, or something, like there's you know? some action sprinkled in here and there, but it's not the focus, and that's exactly. fine and it's cool. I agree. I think the whole comedy thing is working a lot better than... Like, I expected it to work well, but the, it's working better than I expected it to. Mm -hmm. Okay, back to Jen's date. Uh, once home, in one swift move, she picks Arthur up off the couch and carries him to the bedroom. The next morning, Jen is busy uh, making freshly squeezed orange juice when Nikki texts to check out the news. According to a news report... Titania has been cleared of all charges. Arthur then appears in the living room, confused as to what's going on. We're She-Hulk, Jen explains that she's She-Hulk, but now she's just Jen. Feeling a little weirded out, he excuses himself and leaves. Whatever, hot doctor's a cliche anyway, Jen mumbles to us. There's a knock at the door, and for a second, Jen thinks he might have returned. Nope. Instead, she's being served papers from Titania LLC. Surprise. Titania's suing Jen for misuse of a trademark. She-Hulk. She's, she's suing me over the name She-Hulk. She shells, she shells. But that's my name, Jen wonders aloud <laughs> before turning to us. Kind of a bummer way to end this episode. I bet there's a fun tag. Let me get the fun tag. Wong is back to watching This Is Us with Madison by his side. Uh, Wongers, they talk about <laughs> drinks. I'm not going to go through this whole thing. It talks about literally everything they talk about. Now do, you, talk about all that. do you think she and Wong are going to be like a couple? I don't think it'd be a couple. I think they're like besties. Yeah. We're I gonna, think that's cool. Do you think we'll see more Madison? I Maybe. I hope we see more <laughs> Wong too. I think so because I think... I don't mean just in this show. I think Marvel is good at giving the fans what they want when yeah, they see sure. that something... Is successful. Yeah. That's why I think John Krasinski is going to be 
uh, he's going to stick around. Like I think mm. he was originally um, for uh, Mr. Fantastic. I think he was originally just like a get to like as like a fun little nod, and then Marvel saw how crazy people went for it, and they're they're going to keep him, and he's going to be a part of Fantastic Four. Hmm. That is my theory. All right, I like it. I like John Krasinski, so I'm not going to argue with you. What are you guys going to rate episode four of She-Hulk? We're going to start with me, Edward. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to give it 8.5 Ghost Rider Magicians out of 10. Bailey? I'm going to give it 8.5 ends and a Y, but not where you think out of 10. <laughs> I really liked this episode. I thought it was fun. It made me laugh a lot. It was a little too personal with the ma- the matcher stuff, but in a fun, good way. So I gave it, I also gave it 8.5 bottomless gin and tonics out of 10. Yeah, I, I guess it- there's only 8.5 if they're... It's bottomless, but I only got eight and a half. I think I should say, I think this is the best episode so far. Yeah, Yeah. this one was my favorite so far. It was a good mix of like, there was a cameo. Not that I need a cameo every episode. There was a cameo, a fun side character. There's like multiple plots going on. There's like the A plot, the B plot. A little bit of action. Yeah. A lot of humor. Yeah. It yeah. really did everything really well. Yeah, it's just that like it didn't like it didn't blow me away, but again it's a sitcom, so it's really hard. Like I think there's probably going to be like one or two episodes this season that will be like a like a 9 or a 10 because that's how that's how like most sitcoms are. They're just like good and funny and usually there's like one that's like extra funny and there's like a big like complicated plot or like very emotional. I'm sure we'll get like one emotional episode probably. Marshall's dad is going to die. Oh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> How dare you bring that up? They're going to count down the whole episode. Spoiler alert on my end now. <laughs> <laughs> How many shows can we spoil in this one episode? Damn. Oh, man. Yeah, if we were only doing episode four, I would have gone on a whole soapbox about that I knew that Jen would win her case, but luckily we now have we a know. whole episode. Also... While you guys were talking, I was looking up reviews of this episode and Den of Geek wrote, I doubt any of us expected that trademark law would necessarily make for a compelling or even remotely funny story. I don't know why anyone wouldn't love a trademark story. But Tatiana's decision to copyright the name She-Hulk. Oh, no. Oh, no. They wrote Tatiana? Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah. Tatiana and copyright, but like literally earlier in the sentence, they said trademark law. Then somehow, I think that's back to what I assumed earlier. It's all the same. They think yeah. it's synonymous. Wow. And yeah, Tatiana. Listen, I'm over here laughing at this, but I only really know that because you have berated it into my head. I am very. I'm gonna bring this up later, but I'm like very unknowledgeable as far as law and court things go. I mean, I, I th- think that's obvious by now if you've been listening to these She-Hulk episodes. <laughs> I think as far as parts of the law that like the average person should understand, I don't think uh, intellectual property is high on the list. Sure. I think everyone should probably know about their like fourth and fifth amendment rights. But like if you don't know what a copyright is, that's fine. Unless Anything you say, fifth. <laughs> Unless you are like someone that like owns a business or like does art or makes music, then you should definitely know what copyrights are, but you're just living your life. If you're a writer for a website called Den of Geek, maybe (laughs) you should know. Yeah. Whoops. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, okay. Anyways, anyway, transition. Anyway. Transition to episode five. Should this we do is... a commercial break and then come back for episode five? What do you want to do for the commercial? I don't know. Lightspeed briefs. That's a Futurama reference. Episode five. <laughs> mean green and straight poured into these jeans. Thank you again, Rachel Page. Strength is beauty. Beauty is strength. What makes you beautiful? She-Hulk by Titania. <laughs> be strong, be beautiful, own who you are. She-Hulk by Titania. <laughs> it's a luxurious new line of skincare, beauty, and wellness exclusively for you. Water is the essence of She-Hulk wetness, and wetness is the essence of beauty. <laughs> I couldn't tell. So the, the branding was definitely reminiscent of Kylie Jenner and like Kylie Cosmetics, but then the like the snake oil wellness part of it seemed more like Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop. And I think it would be really funny if this was like a parody of Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop, considering that Gwyneth Paltrow is part of the MCU, whether or not she remembers that. (laughs) (laughs) Does she even remember what Goop is? (laughs) Maybe she doesn't know. She's been sued multiple times over Goop. I think she remembers. Why has she been sued? For selling sham products. Oh, for selling Goop. Sham Wow. (laughs) oh shit no she doesn't have the trademark on ShamWow no it's the copyright she doesn't have the patent on ShamWow (laughs) yeah for her jade eggs that you shove up your your where I don't know if we say that on the podcast what are you doing (laughs) what did, did you see what she did what happened? She got stuck back there, and so she tried to get out, and she like just climbed over everything. Hi, everyone. My dog's on the podcast for the <laughs> second time ever. Jen drives through Los Angeles, passing billboard after billboard of Titania promoting her She-Hulk collection. The radio isn't much better, as all the ads are also promoting this new wire- wellness line. I was about to say wireless. And things go from bad to worse when Cousin Chet bursts into her apartment with cartoons or cartons of She-Hulk products and jen has to explain what these things are not from her she is not this she hulk chet bewildered as always asked the million dollar question why didn't jen just trademark the nickname first she would have been in, uh, she wouldn't have been in this mess then clearly not one to pass up an activation titania has a pop-up for her new products what is an activation i don't know an act of action yeah, it says activation. She wanted to Asian, <laughs> Bailey. So she performed an act. And when Jen goes to wait in line and get in, Nikki insists that they bypass the queue. Just walk in with confidence. Come on, Jen. Inside. A- that's you, <laughs> He would wait in line to go confirm. I can, can I tell the story? One time we were, we were at Harry Potter World at Universal Studios, and we were like... I think maybe like six or seven people into the line. And was meeting, Peaches was meeting up with us. I'm sorry. <laughs> I bring out the worst. I know you really do. Peach was meeting up with us. And he saw us and then got in the back of the line. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, hey, we're right here. And he's like, no, I'm staying here. I'm not going to get in front of these people. And I was like, 
what do you what do you mean we're all eating together like get over here and he was like no and i had to like i would have joined I, you eventually I had to ask every single person if it was okay and then i forced him to move into the space with us yeah no one cares i felt bad i i don't know i don't want to be that guy if it, so if the roles were reversed if i were the one there and all of you would have shown up i would have just let those people pass me to meet back up with you yeah but there was one there's there's just yeah, one of the, you if the roles were reversed that's a different scenario i i just didn't i mean we were gonna sit down and eat i would have caught up with you eventually yeah but you could have caught up to us just then and it would have made no difference to anyone like it did Anyways, yeah, you would be the person that patiently waits in line to go confront the person that <laughs> stole your identity. Yes, I would. You're right. <laughs> I can't even argue with you there. I'd be fuming the whole time, too. They, people would look at me and be like, why is this guy in the line? Inside, Jen is greeted with Titania's new line of She-Hulk products, which include beauty serum and beauty oil and beauty tonic. How are these not all the same things? Approaching Titania, Jen demands that she stop selling these things and using her name to promote everything. Oh, get over it, Jennifer, Titania snarls, while uh, still looking absolutely fabulous. She-Hulk is mine. At the office, Jen complains that it's not fair that Titania stole her name. Wait, wait, wait. I love in that scene, there's no reason for Rachel to have written this down, but I love that they get into the argument and then the fan asks Jen to take a selfie and she does it anyway. And Nikki's like, what are you doing? And she's like, just just one. <laughs> and that's it. At the office, Jen complains that it's not fair Titania stole her name. Nikki reminds her that she doesn't like the name She-Hulk, but that's neither here nor there. Speaking more to herself than anyone else, Jen explains that there's still Jen Walters, but She-Hulk is just a thing that happened to her. But it's not like she's a different person who needs a completely different name. Sitting at her own desk, Nikki can't help but browse the Titania website, wondering why she's charging so much for everything. That's why she's rich and you're broke, Nikki mumbles to herself. Pug swings by to ask for a favor, which Nikki is happy to do for a favor in return. Turns out Pug is a big sneakerhead and has to get his hands on the new Iron Man 3s that are dropping, but he's only allowed to purchase one pair. If Nikki goes with him, he can purchase two, and he needs two, because one to rock and one to stock. I love the supporting cast in this show, too. They've just like gotten better and better as well. I agree. Nikki is great. Pug is great. I, res- I also respect the shoe game. If I had the money to do that, I'd probably do the same thing. I really like the the owner of the company. I think he's so weird. Oh, the... The the owner of the law firm. Not the owner, but yeah. the, I don't know what he is. He's probably Whichever a Whichever in the G-L-K-N-H he right, is. Right, yeah. Uh, Hollow- Holloway? Holden so, Holloway. So he's the H. Yeah. He's the H. He's the double H. Triple H was taken. <laughs> I don't remember his tagline. What did Triple H, did he have like, like a motto? It's time to play the game. Oh, okay. I don't know. What's a motto with you? I was expecting one of you to say that because I said motto. The Cerebral Assassin. He called himself the Cerebral Assassin? That yeah, was one of his monikers. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Watch out, Professor Xavier. <laughs> He's coming for you. <laughs> When he gets in the ring, he fucking pulls out a book. Cerebral assassin is here. Did you know his like uh, his original? The reason he's called Triple H is because his original like shtick, his original gimmick was his name was Hunter Hearst Helmsley, and he was like he was like an aristocrat. 
Not Aristocat. He was an Aristocat. <laughs> he was an Aristocat. He was like an aristocrat, and he was he would like come out in like a like a like a like a like a tailed suit, uh, with like a bow tie. You're talking about. When it was WWF, yes, he would come out in a suit. He would come out in a suit. It was like a full suit. It had a, a had a tail and everything. And he would like his music was like violins, like playing like a a concerto, <laughs> you know, like a concerto, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's how it started. His name was Hunter Hearst Helmsley, and it eventually he became Triple H. Uh, so he just I'm hardcore now. Yeah. Screw the violins. Yeah. I'm not saying all of this. I mean, it's kind of how they all... Like, Steve Austin was not always Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was stunning Steve Austin. That's where the stunner comes from. And he had a full head of hair. I mean, didn't we all? Uh, Ro- the Rock was uh, Rocky <laughs> Maivia because he was named after his dad, Rocky Johnson, and his grandfather, Peter Maivia, who were both wrestlers in WWF. Hmm. Okay. Um and so he came the name Rocky Maivia, and then people hated him. They hated The Rock? Yeah, when he first came out, he was this like, he was kind of like a generic good guy, and he would just sort of always be like, he didn't have any personality to him. He was really like generic, and uh, they would like have signs that say like, Rocky sucks, or like, I hope you die and stuff. Like, what the they fuck? They would like really like shit on him, and then one day he turns into a bad guy, and says people need to start calling him The Rock and start speaking about himself in the third person. Can becomes you like, smell? And he becomes like a huge asshole and that's when he suddenly gets really popular because he actually has like a character to himself. The can you smell bit was his villain era? Yeah, yeah, for ah. sure. Yeah. Did he always do the people's elbow? The people's elbow. I know so much about this stuff. <laughs> so the people's elbow. I know, this is like really we're diving full started in. Started off as a bit. Because they had this game, because they have these things called house shows. And so in between their televised events, they're doing these things called house shows in arenas around the world. They're just not televised. They're like wrestling. It's like as if oh, you're yeah. watching a wrestling show, but it's not televised. Yeah, we've talked about that aspect. Right. Yeah. And so one of the games that they all used to play, I watched an interview with Triple H where he talked about this. One of the games they used to play was try to make the Undertaker break character. Mm, And so they would do the silliest things they possibly could to try to get him to laugh. And that's how the people's elbow started. Because uh, they tried to, it was a move intended to make the Undertaker laugh. And he just kept doing it. I think I don't know. Okay. And then it became the most electri- electrifying move in sports entertainment. I, I don't know how because the amount of time they have to get out of that move, <laughs> which has absolutely no hold it on has them. so much build They're up. just laying in the center. Nothing's holding them down. He's like staring off into the crowd doing his eyebrow thing. Then he whips out, he whips <laughs> off his reason, elbow. The reason he jumps thing. over them is, and jumps back is because yeah. he can only do an elbow drop from one side. He only knows how to do it from one side. <laughs> so to, that's why he jumps over the person and then oh my jumps God. back. He's the Zoolander of wrestling. Uh, basically. He can only make left turns with his people's elbow. <laughs> wow, this is really. Uh, about She-Hulk still. Yeah. Well, Peaches mentioned when they were WWF, that was a trademark dispute. You're right, with World Wildlife Federation. Yeah, Look at that. They, they, I accidentally did it. Uh, they had an agreement with the real WWF that had been in existence since the uh, 1960s to only go by the World Wrestling Federation. Um, 
And then they like breached that agreement and started going by WWF. And they were the ones, I believe, that first registered the domain WWF.com. So then WWF, the panda one, was like, we're taking you to court. And then they had to change their name. And they we're, were taking you to the ring, brother. Which is interesting because it changed WWE's entire brand. Like, well, yeah, they, I like, think they were like, we're going to take this as a great opportunity to right. focus on entertainment. Right. Now hmm. they are not wrestlers. They are sports entertainers. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, it's like heading back in the opposite direction because Vince McMahon has come out with a bunch of like allegations, and he like supposedly has paid people off over the years of like in like hush money and stuff. Oh. Yeah, he got like uh, like removed as CEO, and he is no longer in charge. In fact, I am uh, the people in charge right now are Stephanie McMahon as co CEO, and the person running literally everything, running the shows, running all the scripts, doing all that stuff, is Triple H. No fucking way. Sort of it all comes from Aren't they circle. married? They are married. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. My mind is so blown right now. Just <laughs> yeah, dude. in every direction. Yeah, Do you ever think about how McMahon is not at all pronounced how you think it would be based <laughs> Mc- on the spelling? McMahon. <laughs> McMahon. Do you ever. McMahon. Are you ever shocked that Vince McMahon is still alive? I feel like when I was a kid, that guy was ancient. He looks the same. Do you remember the. I don't. God, you guys probably don't remember this. So there was a. I've said this. I, I think I might have said this before on the podcast. I don't remember. There was this uh, Royal Rumble. It was the last two people were Batista and John Cena. I remember that. And you couldn't see either one of them. So <laughs> one was standing perfectly still and the other one just could never be seen. Uh, they're like fighting in the ring. And then the Royal Rumble, how you get out is... That joke was so deep-seated you had to think about it. <laughs> the, the way you get out is you, you get sent over the top rope and your feet touch the ground and that's you get out. Yeah. So... By happenstance, what was supposed to happen was Batista was supposed to throw John Cena over the rope. What do you mean supposed to? John it's Cena, all real. Whatever. John Cena, <laughs> John Cena loses. Batista wins, goes on to WrestleMania. Batista goes to throw John Cena over the rope, accidentally goes with him. They both land at the exact same time on the outside. Not scripted in any way. They were both, they both accidentally landed on the outside at the exact same time. Oh, no. So they didn't know who won. So... The referees at the time, because at the time they're split by brand, a Raw referee and a SmackDown referee, and one raises Batista's hand, one raises Cena's hand. Vince McMahon comes out, because he's got to fix this, and he looks furious. And as he is walking to the ring, and he's doing his like strut, he tears both of his quads getting in the ring and he goes to stand up and then he sits down and he's laying he's like sitting down on the ring with his like legs out and he looks like a little kid and he's just yelling at people telling him what to do and he like restarts the match hilarious oh my god if you have time go watch that it's very funny especially once you know everything that's happening he tore his quads both of them both of he them he tore both of his quads how he's old i don't know he took a lot of steroids oh my god I don't like wrestling, but this is fascinating. All the like behind the scenes <laughs> stuff is so fascinating yeah. to me. All right, uh, that's when Pug starts bragging about his drip broker. <laughs> it's a thing. A man named Alonzo who can't find any sort of fashion item you might need. This piques Nikki's interest as she's been trying to find new outfits for Jen. This little B plot leads Nikki and Pug to a boba cafe where Alonzo has sent the two of them to try and find some superhero stuff. Boba. B e a u. I just wanted to spell it like Madison. I'm proud of you. Thank you. After a rocky start, the cashier at the Boba place leads them into the back where he then starts hawking them 
uh, Avengers merchandise. <laughs> Sorry, not Avengers. Avengers. <laughs> also Avengers. <laughs> While Pug kind of likes the stuff, Nikki is not impressed. She doesn't want the bootleg stuff. She wants things custom made. Did you see all the... Uh, the, the names, the the wrong names Thur, of the different... Thur. Hulk. I didn't see any of that. I was very focused on the Hulk wearing a Speedo. <laughs> I need to go back and pause. There was a lot of... In these two episodes, there were a lot of places where pausing to like look at everything would have been beneficial. Yeah. And I did not do that for some of them. I'm One, like 100% certain they're going to sell those Avengers shirts in like a couple weeks. You know what I did notice um, is that these... these um, credit scenes have all these like illustrations and we've had the same illustration since maybe the first episode i don't know maybe it started in the second episode of her in court with a mug in a bag and that has said avongers the whole time really yeah that joke was in front of our face since the beginning (laughs) isn't that wild yeah i didn't think about that that's cool when the two of them press for the real guy, they are gently forced into buying some Avengers mer- merchandise in order to get a name, which they do. So next stop, it's off to meet this mysterious outs- outfit designer who doesn't want to talk to them, considering they showed up out of the blue. When the designer asks for a referral, Nikki first offers up Titania. I keep saying Titania. Titania. Before Pug explains that they're actually associated with an Avenger, one of the top tier ones. That's enough to get them a 15-minute consultation. Sitting in Holloway's office, he wonders to Jen why he passed a billboard for She-Hulk's bodybuild smoothie. When Jen tries to explain what's going on, Holloway stops her. He's upset that the firm has gotten roped into Jen's trademark lawsuit, and when Jen says he's going to fix it, Holloway cuts her off. They need someone else to handle this case. Enter Mallory Book, attorney at law. And Mallory Book is played by... Renee Elise something... Renee Elise something, attorney She's at law. She's Angelica. Angelica Schuyler, yeah. Oh. Thank you for stealing my thunder. Renee Elise Goldsberry. I was very close. She will never be satisfied. Angelica. Are you surprised I knew that reference? No. Oh, okay. She knew a Hamilton reference? Yes. No, because you don't live under a rock. I Apparently he does do. if he doesn't know it, that it the t- dad died <laughs> and this is uh, it, it also <laughs> took me several years to watch Hamilton. I've only seen it once. Yeah, but you've seen it. I've yeah. never seen it. I watched the Disney Plus uh, when it dropped. The Disney Plus when it when they put it on Disney Plus, Did you I say watched. You've never seen it. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Angelica Schuyler. Angelica Schuyler, enter Angelica Schuyler, attorney at law. <laughs> she wants to know why Jen didn't trademark She Hulk the moment she could, and Jen tries to reason that Doctor Strange didn't trademark his name. Neither did Thor. Well, those are their actual names, Jen. I don't know why she didn't bring up Spider-Man, though. Well, I guess... Or any number of other superheroes. I think it was a comedy bit. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But she picked, like, one of the only two that go by their own names. I think that was the point of the comedy bit. I know. (laughs) But what are the odds? For the comedy bit? to make it a comedy bit. (laughs) (laughs) Mallory thinks they should countersue and show that Jen was actually using the name She-Hulk in a professional capacity before the trademark date, and Titania is profiting off of name recognition. Okay, easy enough. But now about Jen's clothing. Mallory knows she needs a makeover and calls in Nikki for help, who is already one step ahead of them with that. In court, Mallory has come prepared with evidence that Jen's been using the name She-Hulk far longer than Titania. Also... 
Are Titania's products even FDA-approved? She counters this by explaining that fans love the foot exfoliant, and she just happens to have brought samples for evidence, too. Bailey, do you want some of those foot exfoliant samples? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, should that be one of my points? What do you need? Foot- Why do you need those? Your foot already fell off. <laughs> you guys... <laughs> You don't need exfoliant anymore. You don't have a foot. <laughs> I did a foot mask and it had incredible results, like beyond <laughs> what I could have expected the results to be. Um, it was very exfoliating, so exfoliating. It shedded all of the skin from the bottom of my foot, mostly at once. Yeah, you're like a half an inch shorter now. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, so this episode really resonated with me when because of the foot exfoliant. <laughs> yeah. I actually was going to interrupt here too because back to what I said uh, a few minutes ago. Uh, well, it was before the wrestling thing, so stork? thirty minutes ago. No, it's not. But we'll get to that. I just like again for the listeners. You know, if you've listened to all of our She Hulk episodes. I don't really know any. This is like a very weak spot for me, like understanding all this kind of stuff. Obviously, I didn't know that the 12 angry men thing was a reference to 12 jurors, whatever. (laughs) But I'm going to just embrace that because it is what it is. And I'd rather ask questions because maybe listeners out there also don't really know that trademark, copyright, patent aren't synonymous and they don't know what some of this stuff is too. So this is the question I have for you. I know this show is a comedy and it's meant to be silly, but... There's a lot of like, you know, truth to how the operations are had as far as like courtroom goes. So first of all, this two-part question is, why aren't there juries in these courts? And the second question is, who and why is there an audience? Do people just decide, I want to have some tea today, I'm going to go to the courtroom and watch? Or do they get summoned to be an audience member as well? Because those people aren't jurors. Are they? Uh, well, there could be reporters because this is like likely a high-profile case, and but also like they could just be fans. Um, like, could I just go to a courthouse and say I want to watch some cases today? Yeah, yeah, that was something we had to do for one of my classes. Like, we had an assignment to go watch some like criminal cases. I mean, I I don't think everything is open to the public but like a decent amount of like if you wanted to just go observe the judicial system and you don't have to like sign up you'll have to like go through security sure and they're gonna like ask you a question questions maybe but maybe they won't ask you any questions huh people that just really like hot gossip or something they're like hanging out in the courtroom state court in federal court i remember in new hampshire because i'd go to federal court to volunteer and they always like wanted to know why I was there. And I think you like had to have a purpose for federal court. Huh. So why? Okay. So that question's answered. And it's it's kind of weird to me because it wouldn't be my my cup of tea. But why is the, what is, what's the reasoning for the judge being like the sole person making a decision here? So you can request a jury or a judge, but also this is a motion for summary judgment, um, which means that there are no like, questions of fact that need to be resolved like it's the judge deciding on the law and I don't know why I didn't bring this up when we had that whole debate on if there should be professional jurors or not because jurors are not deciding on the law they aren't deciding um you know if a monkey uh, if a monkey has copyright like that is a question of law give that monkey his bananas Bailey (laughs) that has not been resolved yet 
the Supreme Court takes up like questions of law, like the Supreme Court and uh, and like other judges when they're ruling on questions of law, they aren't like deciding like, oh, does the evidence like m- like match the facts or like they're, they're not deciding on facts. They're just deciding on like what the law says and interpreting the law. So here the judge isn't deciding any like substantive like questions of fact like if it's like a little harder to explain here because it's a trademark case but like if it was like a criminal case the judge wouldn't decide like oh um i believe that witness or they could if they decided not to have a jury um but they would decide like the law itself so it's like the jury thing's like a checkbox if you're if you're going to court you yes i do or no i do not well, want a jury so a trademark and is it like dispute could go to a jury but here it's just a summer like summary judgment is just like one stage um where they're both um they are arguing that there's no questions of fact that need to be disputed or like they don't need to go any further and it can be decided like here and like here now interesting okay so is it a thing that like both parties have a chance to say they want a jury and if both of them agree but as long as one of them says they want it would there be a jury uh no it's the plaintiffs that decide if they have it well this is also different because it's a civil case and not a criminal case in a criminal case i believe the defend well yeah because why would the (laughs) prosecution decide jury or not but like (laughs) Uh, I think the plaintiffs, when they like make like file their lawsuit, they like say we demand a jury trial. But I don't know. I don't actually mm. do litigation, uh, so no one take this as legal advice. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes in life there's juries. Sometimes in life there's just judges. Okay. Well, they're cool. also lawyers, and Titania's lawyer also happens to have a video of Jen saying she doesn't like the She-Hulk moniker and wishes people would stop using it. Thankfully, Mallory has her own clip of Jen on the news saying she's She-Hulk. However, that's just one instance. Is there a pattern of Jen using the name? Meanwhile, Jen still needs new clothing. Nikki takes her to meet the best superhero designer around, Luke Jacobson. He's basically Edna Mode, but for Marvel. (laughs) That's true. Needless to say, he is shocked and a little confused to see She-Hulk standing in front of him because she's by no means an Avenger. Well, whatever. What kind of suit does she need? Does she need it to be waterproof or store any weapons? Oh, no, Jen corrects him. Not a suit like that. She just needs a business suit for work. Doing this kind of basic everyday streetwear fashion is below Luke, and he shoos Jen away before Nikki stops him. Nikki instructs Jen to do the thing and become Je- become just Jen again before transforming back into She-Hulk. Do the thing, Julie. Has Luke ever designed a suit that can accommodate a superhuman like that before? Seeing that this is a chance to really stretch his abilities, (laughs) Rachel, Luke agrees to work with her. Back at the office, Jen and Nikki run into Mallory, who happens to be standing with uh, Todd, one of Jen's former matcher dates. Objection. Overruled. Oh, well, this is my stork. Okay, go for it. All I want to say, because I don't have a lot of information here, but based on these two episodes and the end of the third episode where the wrecking crew fails to beat up Jen as She-Hulk and then says the boss isn't going to like this. They were trying to stab her impenetrable skin with a needle. My stork is that I think Todd might be the leader of this gang because he's shown up in two episodes. He was really weird about 
you know, I'd love to try to pierce your skin with vibranium on the date, called her a specimen, shows back up. I think that he is a, I think he's actually a villain and not just a, a slime ball that we've seen twice. I think that checks out because of the vibranium comments, like the very specific, can your skin be pierced with vibranium? Like that was very yeah. weird. Because it is a weird thing to ask on a date. It wouldn't be that weird if you knew that uh, he was trying to pierce her skin earlier with a normal needle, you know, or he tried to have his henchman do it or whatever. Well, that's it. That's the whole stork. I think he's an actual villain. I think that's a good, I think that's a, I, uh, think, yeah, I, I would almost call it a nork. I think that's a pretty good uh, prediction. All right. I, in, I think that's that what's good. What's in between a stork and a nork? A mork? <laughs> Uh no because M is before N. A York. York Y is after <laughs> all of those. If that's what you were going for, it would have to be a pork. <laughs> it's not a pork. Or an ork. Rork. An ork. A quark. A quark. He wants to reconnect again soon, and Jen clearly has other ideas to never see him again. However, Jen realizes that this might be her key to winning the Titania case. She went on several dates. Todd included, as She-Hulk, clearly establishing a pattern of using the name before Titania trademarked it. This is how she wins the case, by parading all of these questionable men that she dated in front of the courtroom. It's going to be so embarrassing. And yes, it's just as embarrassing as you think. In court, Mallory reads Jen's dating profile aloud, which includes such descriptions like mean green and straight poured into these jeans. And when writing what she's looking for in a guy, Jen describes a sturdy back and a reinforced bed. JK, JK, JK. That joke was a lot for a Disney Plus Marvel show, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> also, it's really funny that she was like hesitant to make this She-Hulk profile and then she went with the joke a reinforced king-size bed. Peaches, how would you feel about your dating profile being read in court and having your uh, former dates? There wouldn't be anything funny about it uh, other than maybe it's like hilariously bad. I, there wouldn't be very many previous dates to bring to court. That's not me like trying to make anyone feel sorry for me. That's numbers game. She had three. You probably would have three, right? Uh, she had four. I think I would probably also have four over three years, not one episode. <laughs> okay, well, you're not She-Hulk. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Mallory then calls her witnesses, and Jen's dates parade in front of the court. She was like, yeah, it's me, She-Hulk. Impressed much, one of them says, under oath on the witness stand. It doesn't get much better from there, as the dates explain that she called herself She-Hulk, and Todd mentions that he felt She-Hulk opened up to him. As for Arthur, remember the good-looking doctor who awkwardly left the next morning? He mentions that she battled demons and they had a great date. But Mallory, but Mallory asks if he still would have gone the date if Hulk, She-Hulk presented herself as Jen, Jennifer Walters. Sadly, Jen's not his type. I said this to Bailey when we were watching the episode. Why did she ask her this? What is the relevance? Um... I actually don't have an answer for that because the fact, well, the fact is that, yes, she presented to him as She-Hulk and that's yeah. really all they needed to get to. Exactly. Why did she ask this really shitty question to get this really I shitty answer? I mean, I answer? think it was to advance one of the plots about how the tension between She-Hulk and Jen. Yeah. So they had to shoehorn it in there. But also, I guess you could make the argument that like the She-Hulk brand 
was so strong that people were just looking for She-Hulk exclusively. Mm. That's my best guess. Okay. I don't know. I could see that. I do think it is more of just a let's say this sad thing for the plot. Yeah. For the plot. Thankfully, this is all just embarrassing enough for Jen for the court to side with Jen and Titania is told to cease all of the use of all the, bleh, is told to cease all use of the name and pull her She-Hulk products off the shelf. This is an overhater, she snarls at Jen, still dressed immaculately, before leaving the courtroom in the most fabulous fashion. Outside, Jen thanks Mallory for helping her win the case, and Mallory reminds her of her own worth. She can do better than all the guys in court. Over drinks, the two grow a tiny bit closer as they laugh about the embarrassment Jen just went through. You can have literal superpowers, and some guy with an internet connection will still think he can do better, Mallory points out. Hear that, nerds? Hey, Bailey, can you stop that? Uh, She's not wrong. (laughs) That's not what I was talking about, but (laughs) that's lined up funny. (laughs) I I can't. Are they friends now? Maybe. Mallory mentions that she thought Jen was getting better clothes, with Jen turning to us, oh yeah, my clothes. Arriving at Luke's, she's greeted by a rack of new outfits, especially for her. Jen ducks into a dressing room to try it on, and she likes it. As Jen continues looking at outfits, Luke walks over and grabs a hat box that's been left open. Does client confidentiality mean nothing to you? He snaps at one of his employees, putting the cl- uh, the lid on the box, covering up a cow mask lid. with two devil horns. I looked at Eduardo the and lid. I was like, what is that? That was supposed to be something. I don't know what it was. <laughs> what? Why yeah. would I know what that was? Well, because you knew Daredevil was going to be in the show. You've seen some of the daredevil show you you've not seen his helmet in some capacity no what when was his helmet in the show to be fair he doesn't get the helmet into like the last episode oh yeah that's true Uh, yeah well and i think that was supposed to be the like the stinger of the episode and so i was like oh there's no post-credit scene all we have is daredevil's stupid little helmet whoa okay (laughs) okay you're coming on a little strong right here. <laughs> Daredevil's stupid helmet. Everyone is dressed stupid in comic books, all right? I just Daredevil's mean stupid cool. as in, like, I don't care about it. I wanted oh. a post credit scene, but I think we didn't get one because that was supposed to be the, like, the, the cliffhanger ending, the, like, teaser. I agree with you on the why. I think that's exactly right. I said that in the Discord as well, but I, I think that's fine because I... Th- it would have been weird if they would have teased Daredevil like that and then had another thing. I know, but what I'm saying is I didn't know it was a Daredevil tease. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh, here's a hat, and now the episode is over, no post credit scene. So there's another scene, though, that I want to talk about real quick that is in the credits, and it's not even really a scene. It's just an image that, again, wasn't really post credits, but I think it's really cool and might merit some discussion because we know that Marvel owns some more stuff now. They've got some things announced for the future like Fantastic Four and blah, 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 blah. If you pause on those illustrations in the credits, if you pause on the illustration of Pug's shoe collection, mm-hmm. there are a ton of, like all that whole wall is filled with Marvel character shoe versions, right? And almost all of them are for characters that aren't currently in the MCU in any capacity. I wrote Mm -hmm. some of them down, but a bunch of them I didn't even recognize. Um, Ones that I saw, Ben Grimm shoes, a.k.a. The Thing. 
There were a pair of Ghost Rider shoes. There was a pair of Green Goblins, Namors, uh, Cyclops. It was either Cyclops or Cable, but it I was think si- it's Cyclops. It was Cyclops. And there's a pair of Deadpool shoes as well. Mm-hmm. There was a bunch more. I didn't. I think maybe there was a Wolverine one, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure. Um, but I just think that's really cool, and I don't know if that's just a fun little nugget for everybody, or if that's like saying, yo, these characters all for sure exist in this universe, or else why would Pug have shoes of them? Again, though, it's in the illustration of the credits, so I don't know if it actually means anything. Mm-hmm. I just think it's cool. And also, I want every pair of shoes in that collection. They all look so cool. I think there's a good chance those characters will be in the MCU, but not necessarily because I don't know. I just don't think that the She-Hulk like writers and staff would have been allowed to like, like if it was like a for sure thing, I don't think She-Hulk is the show that would have gotten to have those fun little Easter eggs. Oh, no, no, no. I don't think all of those characters are going to show up in She-Hulk or make cameo appearances. I'm just saying uh, if that illustration is, and I'm doing air quotes here, canon, that means all of those characters already exist in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as people, and they are well known by the inhabitants of that universe already. I just don't think it's canon. Yeah, I don't think so either, but it would be cool if... It'd be funny. You should have explained what canon means. See, like, so pirates. Yeah, <laughs> damn it! I was gonna ship. say this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get as obsessive about canon oh, as I some people do like, either. Like Wongers, how he was explaining all his air quotes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna rate episode five? I'm gonna give it seven point five. Iron Man threes out of ten. Bailey, what about you? I had put 7.5, but I think I'm going to give it 8. 8 snake venom lip glosses out of 10. (laughs) Stomping in my Iron Man 3s. No? Okay. I gave it 7.5 Shrek suits out of 10. Yeah, this just this this was my least favorite episode. I didn't dislike Mm -hmm. it, but I just felt like it had a little little less than the other ones it definitely was like the most self-contained it didn't really like advance the overarching plot which again is fine it's a sitcom but it felt very like its own thing also its own thing i think titania is a fun character but i don't know if like i was sold on like just her existence like like why was she why did she have the she hulk Trade is it because she was upset after that one fight they had? It's because she saw she's a good business person, saw yeah. an opportunity and <laughs> took it. Well, is I mean that- that's they're like they're like rivals in the comics, so it makes sense for her to be in some capacity in the show. Um, so if anything, maybe that's the plot is that they just need Titania because she's important to She Hulk. But also, um, I kind of like that their feud is purely except for the punch, the one punch in the courtroom. It's like purely legal. Yeah. Like I wonder if they'll ever even fight in this show or if they'll just be like legal enemies. Like she'll (laughs) just keep trying to sue over and over. You know, like Titania keep finding things to take Jen to court for and that'll be like the shtick. That's why they're rivals. Not because they fight, not because she does crime. She just keeps trying to sue Jen Walters. Like like Oracle and Google, they've been suing each other for... <laughs> Have they really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's the new, uh, what is it, Epic and Apple? Yeah. Hmm. That'd yeah. be a funny way to be arch nemesis. 
in a show. <laughs> Just always have like lawsuits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did I did bump it to eight though, um, because I really loved the trademark piece of it. And I and I do think it was funny. It's just I also feel like we kind of like went over some of the like the like subplot of this of her like the tension between She-Hulk and Jen like it felt not that different from an earlier episode when we did that but these aren't like complaints it's just that's why it was an eight not like an 8.5 or nine. I mean I think she's still getting used to the concept of like trying to accept both forms of herself you know. Yeah. She's learning it in different ways now because before it was, I want to keep living my life and being a lawyer. And now it's, well, I also want to date and this interferes with that too. And I need to figure out how to maneuver. It just felt like really similar. Yeah. But I liked all the like the side stories and stuff like the actor who plays whatever the designer guy is. He was in um, Dear White People and he was really great in that. Also, that's a great show. Um, I won't spoil it. That'll be one. Is it show. about? Is it about dear white people? <laughs> well, Bailey, why don't you use that as we move into our next section and talk about our recommendations? <gasps> Recommendation jingle. Yeah. I God damn it! I always forget the recommendation. Well, here you are. I'm literally throwing you a softball right now. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me what to recommend. Don't Peach, I hate what when the patriarchy? I hate when the patriarchy. I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna do one of those recommends where I recommend not to do something in light of these two episodes. I recommend not to download any fucking dating apps because they're horrible. Just <laughs> don't download them. Just be alone forever, and or meet somebody the old-fashioned way by by bumping into them in the wild and then being too nervous to say any actual words to them. That's my recommendation. Was <laughs> Don't I in, download dating apps. Did I go to the bathroom when you guys talked about the scene of her carrying the guy, or did we just not talk about that? You only went to the bathroom once, so oh. no. We just never talked about that. I feel like that was... Do you want to talk about Mommy She-Hulk? I have nothing to say. I just wanted to hear you say that. <laughs> mommy She-Hulk? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah, Peaches is looking for a nice <laughs> lady to carry him to the bedroom. You're going to tell me... And step on him. Are you going to... Okay. <laughs> I'm not saying no, but I'm not saying yes. Are you going to tell me that if She-Hulk approached you and wanted to carry you to the bedroom and take the fries to go, that you wouldn't want a part of that? I do love fries to go, but besides that, no. Do you want to be carried to the bedroom by She-Hulk? Absolutely. See, thank you. Majority. Doesn't in the slightest appeal to me. Uh, Well, you're wrong. How about a recommendation, Bailey? A completely original, not given by me recommendation. (laughs) Okay, so I think I actually am going to recommend Dear White People. Yeah, but not because I said it. Because I also independently can vouch for the quality of the show. Um, Dear White People is based off of a movie that me and Eduardo haven't seen, but we have seen all the episodes of the show. The show is really good. Uh... It covers a lot of like serious things, but it's also funny. Um, For some reason, their last season is a musical season. It was one of the worst things I've ever watched. Yeah, that's a good recommendation. (laughs) But but every season before that was really good, and also like the season before that, like kind of like leaves off to where like you could just not watch season five and it'll be fine. Yeah. Um. 
But yeah, I would really recommend watching Dear White People. I had forgotten about the last season until you just brought it up. It was the sh- one of the strangest things I've ever seen. Yeah, it was such a weird choice. Like, the rest of the entire series is like a drama. And they, they just decided for the last season it was going to be a musical. It's it, Yeah, it's like a dramedy. It, like, covers, like, some... Like, there's a girl that, like, gets a, an abortion. Um, there's a guy who has, like, a gun pulled on him at, like, a party um there's like a lot of themes with like racism obviously as the name suggests uh, and then they did like a musical season it's weird to me that they would choose to do a whole season and not just like one episode because shows do that every so often mm-hmm. it's like we'll have one musical episode but a whole season how many episodes i think like five maybe and it's meant to be like a meta thing because i believe they're putting on a musical for something some reason yeah hmm strange well uh my recommendation is going to be for a video game i'm going to recommend triangle strategy uh peach last week uh two weeks ago two Two weeks weeks ago ago. went on for quite some time about octopath traveler and if you like octopath traveler but you want that same beautiful art style and that same, the voice acting, the interesting storytelling, um, but you want it in a slightly different package, I highly recommend Triangle Strategy. I was talking to Bailey about this earlier. They named Triangle Strategy is because originally its code name was Project Triangle Strategy because in the game and in lots of these types of games, you have like a triangle system of like, this beats this, this beats this, like a rock, rock paper, paper scissors, scissors kind of a thing, right? Yeah. And that's why it was called Project Triangle Strategy. And then they just never came up with a better name and then just <laughs> kept Triangle Strategy. Uh, but it is like a turn-based tactical RPG. So rather than Octopath, which is like your traditional Final Fantasy turn-based system it is more akin to something like final fantasy tactics which is probably the game that it is based off of so if you like those types of tactical turn-based games where you're doing that kind of stuff it's really interesting it is it's really interesting because it is it's like i've read a lot of reviews and it's been compared a few times to game of thrones in like the way it deals it tells its story and the type of story it tells because it's not in most games, especially nowadays, you have Ganon. You have this big malevolent force. You have this big demon type thing, something like evil. Whereas in this game, all of the like conflict is the game in the game is about like three nations having like a political struggle. Mm-hmm. And they're, they 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 start the game off working together, and then obviously those things fall through, and then they continue and just have this sort of political struggle throughout the rest of the game. And so it is a lot more grounded of a story, and it's a little bit, you know, it's just different than what else is happening in gaming. That being said, did you watch the most recent God of War trailer? No. Okay, we're going to watch it after this. Okay. It's so good. Listeners, that's what you have to do. You need to go watch the most recent <laughs> God of War trailer because... It is so good. Yeah, I would like to watch that for sure. I just piling onto that. Those the Octopath Traveler like genre of games, like both that, the mobile and Triangle. Uh, uh, I mean, I haven't played Triangle yet, but you saying that all of them have very, very adult, very serious plots. Yes, interwoven into all of the different character stories. There are. Like if you're playing if you're playing an RPG and you expect like the typical JRPG story of like teenagers first they defeat bugs then they kill god like that's not I mean it is kind of you do fight 
uh, yeah. at the end of Octopath, you know, you fight some deities, but um, it's the stories before you get there are kind of dark. One of the reasons I like Triangle Strategy a little more than Octopath, and I'm not saying I like the game more, I just like it in this one specific aspect, is that I like that it is a a singular story. I like that it is not because my one of my problems with Octopath is I forget what has happened in yeah plot because you're doing eight stories and then they you do chapter one of eight characters and then you do chapter yeah. two of eight characters and you keep doing that and it like you can kind of lose track of what's happening with who because of that system. You know what I find interesting about that game uh, is they yeah you're right they do that where all of the level one or all the chapter one quests have like a similar like level that they recommend for you to do. And then like you just said, but they also all slightly level up with you. Cause yeah. I'm playing it right now. I'm playing the, the actual Octopath Traveler game and the mobile game. But in the, in the first game, even chapter ones level up a little bit with you so that you're not just steamrolling them by the time you get done with the first seven st- stories and you get to the eighth one Mm -hmm. i don't know why they couldn't have just done that with whatever chapter you play next levels up a little bit with you i agree so you could play all of therion's story all at once i would have loved that yeah and then you you don't have to you know okay what happened last time they do have a menu i know this is kind of lame they do have a menu you can go into and review all the different story points if you wanted to catch up sure but I think it would be better. I don't know. The uh, maybe not though, because you finished the game, right? No, I never finished it. Okay. Well, I won't say why, but eventually, all eight of these tales do intertwine. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that all eight of these people are together. Yeah. So maybe it's fine, but I still think they could have done it. Yeah. In a because like Final Fantasy Eight is like that. It's sure. still square. Sure. Everything levels up with you. Whatever average party level you are, that's what the enemies mirror. And like I, I we've we've spoken about these games a lot, but I just have to reiterate the HD two D style that they have coined. Oh, it's so good. It's like gorgeous. It is like one of the most like unique art styles in video games right now. It's so unique. It's so pretty and it, what makes triangle strategy cool is that you can your right thumbstick moves around the battlefield so you can zoom in out and then you can change the angle all the way around wherever you are uh and so you can really like take in and it's a lot more vertical than octopath yeah. so you yeah. have like actual like levels and stuff so like because there's have, probably like, height there is there's height there's yeah. like people with like bows and arrows there's people with like they're riding different animals, and they can get yeah. to certain places that other people can't, and stuff like that. Man, those games are pretty. Yeah, it's weird to see like pixelated characters, and then the highest quality water you can possibly <laughs> yeah, see. <dude. laughs> and I think that's gonna do it for this episode of Assembly Required, an MC retrospective. If you want to support the show, you can do so. Assembly Required, uh, Patreon.com/slash Assembly Required. Join our Patreon exclusive Discord. We are talking all things. Uh, Marvel, we're talking Game of Thrones, we're talking a little uh, Rings of Power in there, we're talking all kinds of stuff. You want to talk about uh, with us and all of the great patrons that are over there, including our Avenger tier patrons, Brian, Riley, Adrian, and Michael, come on over there, have fun with us. 
If you want to email the show, you can do so. Assemblyrequiredcast at gmail.com. Follow the show at assemblycast. You can follow me at ABCD Eduardo One. Bailey's going to be at Baileykins. Braileykins. Why do you Why do you do this? Braley Bailey Braley. It's Braley Sanchez. It's at Braley Sanchez. I don't know. It's at It's Bebe and ba- Bebe is ballin <laughs> at live dot com to email. Man, Bailey. it sucks when people get your name stuff wrong, doesn't it? Why are you doxing me? <laughs> Maybe that'll be like a, another a future legal dispute doxing doxing each other no like like doxing or something privacy related Mm -hmm. that would make a lot of sense for superheroes yeah i agree it's like the sokovia accords yeah yeah it's honestly weird how much it's focused on just intellectual property i also keep making sure to say intellectual property and not (laughs) the the not up (laughs) (laughs) because you turned into you turned into peach whenever anyone says gif well, Don't do this to me right now. We're trying to end the episode. You want it's 30 more minutes of content at least? It's because he's going to make a joke about me peeing every time I say it. I, I'm not going to say it. Yeah, Every in, time you pee? In a way, you're you're right. That is a astute observation. I no longer say GIF or JIF. I say graphics interchange format so nobody can tell me I'm wrong. But I'm not wrong. This I just don't want to. I know. You do pee. Yeah. <laughs> we anyway. love you 3000 bye everybody i wasn't Bobbly, done Bobbly. excelsior what the heck well you can go keep going i'll put it in the post credits i'm just saying i think it's very suspicious that this illegal show that is owned by disney only wants to talk about intellectual property when there's a million other parts of the law to talk about it's like they're pushing their agenda onto us how much do you want in one single episode i mean we've only had five maybe they will talk about more diverse law stuff in the future two of the five have been on like superhero like brands basically like wong was like don't use magic unless you have that's about his brand i don't think that's about his brand but it's about like my brand superhero like (laughs) identities from like a an intellectual property perspective hmm where is the privacy? <laughs> <laughs> Amen, sister. <laughs> I just want to pee in peace. <laughs> if they did an episode on privacy, it would I would need three hours. Yeah. That would be your graphics interchange format. All right, do well, your sign off now. I did it. You did? Yeah. What'd you say? I don't know. I said like what the heck or something. <laughs> That's not a sign off. Who's <laughs> IP. <laughs> <laughs> Who's IP? <laughs>
once again, asking you to uh, nullify your own Z words so that I don't have to put all the goddamn beeps. No, you don't have to. Yes, I do. I would like to not have to do that. <laughs> Why do you have to keep your identity a secret? Why does it matter? Why does it matter? Yes. Why does it matter? <laughs> Damn, Uno reverse. Why is it why is it such a big deal for you that I can't go by Peach on the podcast? Cuz your name is Okay. Why are you lying to the fans? Cuz I've been <laughs> lying to I've them been for lying so to long. them the whole time. <laughs> is the joke answer. Might as well keep the bit going. <laughs> but that's what I've gone by the whole time. I know, but why? Because I want to. What is it? What, that's what I'm saying. What does it matter? <laughs> Why don't you want it to be that way? I don't know. You can't just come in here and decide what my name is. I'm not. That's your government name. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> I haven't decided anything. Your mom decided your name. Your mom <laughs> decided your name. Got him. <laughs> the state of Florida did not decide my thinks name. Thinks your name is. I mean, yeah. Actually, they think your name is right yes do you have to put your full name like you can't you can't be what do you mean do i have to put my in what you have in to, what context unlike your driver's license uh have legally you, i don't know the answer to that i assume that any sort of have you never tried professional form needs my full name on it i assume i put nicknames on like some things what do your like tax forms say oh how did we get here <laughs> Yeah, uh, keep going. What's your social security number? <laughs> yeah, like, what are all of your credit card numbers? Yeah, the dates and the, the three, three digits yeah, in the, the back. Three on the back. Uh, yeah, I got you. I'll I'll wait till later to reveal this. One of my cards, all the information is on one side, and isn't that a little problematic? Oh, mine. One of my newer ones is the same way, where it's all same. on the back. They don't do that like imprint thing anymore. It's mm-hmm. just on the back of the card. And it's like all the numbers in a yeah, column. Yeah, everything you need right there. Is everything, are you guys both talking about No. Yeah. Uh, all of my <laughs> cards are like that That's now. Yeah, my yeah and like right next to it is the three digit. Like it's all right there. No, yeah. if like someone caught me slipping, like if they were looking over my shoulder in line, like I'm done. That's yeah. it. That's everything they need. I mean, in a way though, as long as you're holding your card, if you put your finger over that part when you hold it, you're covering everything up. Over what part? The part with all the stuff in the same corner. Oh, no. I have like the numbers on the bottom. Yeah. Uh, and then it's not all in the same corner. Oh, mine's all in the same corner. Oh. I think. Well, now let's look at it. <laughs> and then re- make sure you read it live. Well, I mean, my full name's on the front. But yeah, it's all right here. All the numbers fit on that. So I can just do this and then most of it's covered. How do like the 16 digits huh. all fit there? Because so it's tiny. in a column. It's four, 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 four. Oh. Date. Interesting. Three digits. No shit. Mm, yeah. yeah. That's, That's not what mine looks like. No, same. Yeah. Then the chip's up here. Do you want me to go so get it? So you can it? literally, you can literally cover it while you put the chip in. Do you want me to go get my card so you can look at it? No, I It's don't. also like very heavy. I just want you to call me peaches during the <laughs> recording. That's all I want. <laughs>